What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Under the Hood podcast. I'm Jonathan Hood uh, with my crazy cousin, uh, Wiley. I think Wiley's underneath that uh, that bag. Yeah, that's him. I know I know that hand. So, yes, um, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com, look for uh, J Hood Media. You can be able to watch our podcast. Uh, and there is Cousin Wiley with a bag over his head with a Justin Fields jersey because he does not want to be seen. Uh, as the Bears are now 0-3 in the season. Cuzzo, you, you okay underneath there? Can you breathe uh, being 0-3 and with that bag on your head? It's a lot easier than watching the Bears game. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Very odd expression on that bag's face, too, by the way. Like, two holes and they're, like, very unusual, like, confused look in the in the face of that bag that you're wearing. Yeah, this, this is how – this is exactly how all Bears fans are feeling right about now. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Well, I mean, that's as old as the hills, man. When you're embarrassed, I saw those old films you know, back in the day, you know, watching TV. If you had a bag in your head, that means your ter- team's terrible, and the Bears are terrible. There's no question about that. Well, yeah. folks, we, we can always like, subscribe, and share this the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, look for Under the Hood. And also make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube as well. Uh, look for um, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on uh, YouTube and hit that like button, that subscribe button, and just let people know that I'm, that we're here, Cuzzo, Wiley, and yours truly, talking Chicago sports and everything else in between right here on Under the Hood. We have merchandise as well. I would have, Cuzzo, Cuzzo, you do have the merchandise. I know you have a bag in your head. Can you can you just show the people the Under the Hood uh, t-shirt? There it is right there. Yes, we have an Under the Hood uh, merchandise. We have a sale going on right now, $15 off. Have you seen this, Cuzzo? $15 off. For t-shirts and uh, tumblers and glassware, uh, socks, um, everything under the sun we have for Under the Hood merchandise. It's available in my link tree. Uh, just go right there. It's in the description of this podcast. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're able to see the t-shirt uh, with the bag over your head. You still got good yes. vision. You have better vision than Justin Fields. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And to all the to all the viewers right now, all the listeners, go to Under the Hood, grab you a mug, a T-shirt, you know. Definitely get the mugs because right now you're going to need that to watch a Bears game. You know, fill that glass with your favorite liquor, uh-huh. and it makes the viewing experience so much easier. So much easier. Yes, please uh, buy responsibly uh, when you go to uh, our merchandise store for Under the Hood. We have all that merchandise for our podcast. Thanks so much for your support, watching and listening, and our merchandise as well. $15 off. So while we talk, you know, on the YouTube, you can see where you can find that merchandise in my link tree. Just look around and get something for the holidays and definitely for yourself. As Cuzzo said, something that could be a daddy soda or a mama soda. You need to have something stiff watching the Chicago Bears team. So here we are, Cuzzo. They're 0-3. And as I've been saying, you know, when we have reviewed the Packers game and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, those are winnable games for the Bears. Uh, If they had talent, if they had coaching, whatever it is, it's just very unfortunate now that we're looking at a football team that's 0-3 as we sit here today. And it wasn't just that they got beat by Kansas City. They're going to lose against Kansas City. It's just the idea of how they got beat. I can make a case it was 41-0, even though they got – garbage uh, points at the end, but uh, it's bad. It's rock bottom right now. It is. And to me, you have to, it it begins and ends with, to me, with Justin Fields. Like 
here's a guy who has no confidence. And you can't replace him now because you have the worst quarterback in the NFL history as his backup. And you have a, a D2 guy who is just learning the game. Mm-hmm. So you have to ride it out with them for as long as you can. But he has no confidence. He has no confidence. And it's bringing down, to me, the entire team. Because I look at the roster, defensively and offensively. Offensively, you have enough talent to score points. Mm-hmm. You have enough talent to win games. And we're not scoring points at all on offense. So when I look at the roster construction we got from Ryan Poles this offseason, it was like, hey, I'm going to put enough around Justin Fields so we can find out if he is the guy. Yeah. Offensively, our back seven will be okay. Front four sucks, but back seven will be okay. But defensively, we're going to need to improve the following season. But offensively, we're going to have enough talent around Justin Fields to find out is he our future franchise quarterback or will we be in the market for another starting quarterback in uh, the April draft? And I think the answer right now is clear. You're going to need a new quarterback in, in April because you have a quarterback who, for whatever reason, has zero confidence and it shows with his play on the field. It shows with what he says post-game, pre-game, interviews, but you have no alternatives. So, like, as if you're some guy on all, if 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 you're DJ Moore, or if you're Tremaine Edwards mm-hmm. on defense, and you see this, like, that has to be demoralizing. But you know, you have nowhere to turn because you can't turn to, to Nathan Peterman. He's the worst quarterback in NFL history. Sure. You can't turn to Bajit. The guy is as a D two quarterback who's who's learning the game, so you have no alternative but to ride out with Fields. And I think that's bringing down the whole operation. I just – I don't understand – a couple of things I don't understand, Cuzzo. I don't understand why the Bears are going backwards at the quarterback position. I mean, it's on Justin to be able to just say, look, if I have the autonomy to audible, I'm going to run or I'm going to run out of the pocket so I can be able to get the ball down the field, whatever he needs to do to have better vision down the field, you got to do it, right? You just can't sit back there, five-step drop, and just allow the offensive line to just be leaky, and then he gets sacked. I guess my point is, is that I don't know why the Bears are going back to where they were last year, in which, if you remember the first few games of the season, that Justin was a pure pocket passer and robotic or whatever he wants to say, and got killed. Then after the Washington game, a game that the Bears should have won, then all of a sudden you start seeing Justin Fields run out of the pocket. Now, again, those are not equal wins. They, the Bears only had three wins last year. But the point is, is that at least Justin Fields was on the move. I'm not trying to make him Lamar Jackson. But what I'm saying is, is that it's it's actually a better alternative than to just continue to go back, pat the ball, wait four seconds and get sacked or tackle for a loss. That just won't do. It just won't do. The idea that he had the same plan, came up there with all that bravado talking about, you know, I got to be more like myself. You know, I might be coaching. That might be the reason why I'm being held back. He offered it. So that might be the case. But at the same time, you can't do the same things if you think, oh, you know, it might be coaching, might be me. It's on me. So as a pocket passer, it's not working. He needs to roll around in the pocket to find receivers or to run. 
Because otherwise, this offense is not moving. And that's as simple as I could put it. So I think it's a combination of the Bears challenging Fields and then Fields stubbornly, you know, wanting to prove that I can be a pocket passer, mm-hmm. you know, that I can be something different than I was last year. And part of it, too, is I think defenses have adjusted. They've made him play quarterback with how they the rushing lanes, keeping a spy in, you know, they've made him play quarterback. So you look at the stats, 80% of Justin Fields' sacks have come after four-plus seconds. Yeah. 80%. So you have four seconds to do something with the ball, but you're still refusing or incapable of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that lead, that makes the offensive line look worse. That, that makes the receivers look worse. That makes coaching look worse. It doesn't help the defense because they're back on the field after another three and out. So you have to find some something has to change for this kid to either snap out of it or you have to sit him. Like at some point in the next few weeks, even if you even if you are bringing in the worst quarterback in NFL history to spell him during a game, if he's struggling like he did last week, and you're in the third or fourth quarter, you have to sit him down and say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to let Nathan Peterman bum ass." Take it from here on out, you know, <laughs> and you can come back next week. But like, there has to be some consequences to incompetence. He should have been out of the game against Kansas City because, like, when he got dinged with that forearm by Gay uh, against Kansas City, and then he was kind of wobbly, and DJ Moore to take him off the field, like, because because Fields was just ready for the next play. He clearly was dinged. He went into the blue tent, and then, as Coach Eberflus told me on uh, on ESPN Chicago. Like, yeah, he was cleared, so, so that's why we put him back out there. And for those that missed it, you know, on, on the radio show I do with David Kaplan, we have the head coach of the Bears on at 8.30 a.m. Central Time every Monday after the game. And I said, you know, why would you put him back in the ball game? The game's out of reach. Why didn't you just take him out? He goes, oh, well, he was cleared. You know, he wanted to play, all that kind of thing. It's like, wait a second, wait a second. There's the same game in which Patrick Mahomes, who, I mean, is petulant, and we've seen this in the, the Netflix um, – uh, docu-series quarterback, man, he wants to play. He could have pin, pinned 75 points on the Bears if he wanted to, but Andy Reid was like, no, we're good. You know, I mean, we're already ahead. The Bears can't do anything about it. Let's bring in our backup, Blaine Gabbert. He was taken out of the ball game, but Fields had to stay in there and take a beating and, and also still play shitty. Like, no, there's some, there's a disconnect there. If a guy's wobbly and just because he's clear, it doesn't necessarily mean he has to go back in the game. He was, it was, the game was out of reach. You just might as well just bring in Peterman just to finish it out. I just think that would just made more sense to me. No, it, it it they should have. Like that should have been that should have been the time to say, okay, you know what? We're going to go in a different different direction. You're a little wobbly. You probably have a concussion. We haven't diagnosed it at all because yeah. why would we? But <laughs> you should you should probably you know sit and we'll figure this out next game. That did not happen. That did not happen. They, they allowed him to continue to play. He did get a, a garbage time touchdown. Yeah. But it still looked the same. It still looked the same. And even in this case, you're playing against second stringers. You know, they, they brought in their second string, deep, second, third string defense. It looks the same. Like, 
that part, ha it ha something has to give. Something has to give. And if Iberflus doesn't have the balls to make those decisions, then you find someone else who has the balls to make those decisions. But to allow that kid to continue to play with probably a likely concussion after he's already been struggling, you have to find some way to boost the morale of your team. And right now, you know, Fields isn't getting it done. And I, I know we look around and we say, okay, it's it's Iberfoot's fault. It is Getsy's fault. Um, uh -huh. It's Ryan Paul's fault. We do all these things just to absolve what the primary cause of the Bears' struggles is, and it's Justin Fields. It's Justin Fields. You, Iberfoot's has a defense from front four that isn't NFL ready. Mm -hmm. You got you got Igakwe, but he's the, the long, true NFL player on that front four. And he just signed with the team, what, a month ago? Yeah. So he's clearly not up to speed. And you have a back set, a, a back four, who is, who's been injured the entire season with little to no depth. So to blame that defense for, for the struggles, and you see – from them at the very least, you see the fight. They may suck, but you see the fight. We're not seeing the fight on offense. No, We're not seeing but, the fight on offense, and offensively, they have talent. But There's it's but no it's, question they have talent. Yeah, but it's fair to mention that the Bears only have one sack, and that was a covered sack. The one yes. thing we know about, but but the one thing cause that we know about Bears football is that the defense has always been pretty stout. And the last couple seasons, last year and this year. They can't get to the quarterback. Now, there's no excuse for that because this is Ibrahim defense. And I understand that the offense has to stay on the field to give the opportunity for the defense to rest, but that works both ways. The idea that this football team has one sack in which quarterbacks like Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield and definitely the top of the top, Patrick Mahomes, their uniforms are clean, that's not right. Like, at some point, you, you brought in Gakwe in because, oh, we need a pass rusher, we need a pass rusher, and he's part of a coverage sack, that's all you have. Like that unit just cannot get to the quarterback. This this defensive system can't get to the quarterback. And I'll tell you something else: if your linebackers are are leading uh, the team in tackles three straight games, that means that team that offense is getting to the next level. That means you can run on the Bears. That means you can short pass the Bears to death. That's not right. Where the linebackers have all of the this tackles. So like to me, it's just a total team disaster. But I understand your point. If the offense stays out there longer, maybe the defense will have more rest. But it's they're not helping each other, both units. So for me, when I look at that, I don't disagree with you at all. Like the the defense hasn't been able to get pressure or get that sniff the quarterback in the past two seasons, or even really take the ball away. I know we got two takeaways in garbage time last game, but yeah. they haven't taken the ball away either. I, I view that more as 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 polls would say, like he can't fix the entire roster overnight. Right. where he decided to focus on offense this offseason, saying, hey, you know what? Let's eliminate any excuses for Justin Fields. Let's put enough talent around him so I know going into next draft, do I have my franchise quarterback or will I be in the market for a new quarterback? And I believe that from the decision to draft Darnell, Darnell Wright over even a, a Jalen Carter or others, I believe that was based solely on, hey, let's surround Justin Fields. Let's protect Justin Fields. Let's put talent around him because here's the thing. 
right now, if you don't, if you draft Carter over over Wright, when do you get that the next tackle? Third round? Yeah. So what what do we say then? We say, oh, they drafted Jalen Carter. You know, they didn't they didn't want to protect Justin Fields. You know, so he has this third round bum at, at right tackle protecting him. You know, this is why he can't complete passes. This is why this can't happen. So there are more built-in excuses for Fields. You mm-hmm. draft Donna Wright, who hasn't been spectacular, but he's been solid. He's been solid since he's since he's been here. And you protect his right side. You put DJ Moore, a talent like DJ Moore around him, which is our first top 100 player in NFL in in years. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you're putting talent around him, and it's up to him to deliver. And he hasn't. He hasn't. No confidence. So we can look and say, okay, yeah, uh, Ibrahim's defense, no pressure. Leaky secondary because of injuries. Uh, the linebackers, the only ones who seem to show up on tape, but they're making tackles eight to nine yards downfield. Sure. They can't get off the field on third down if they're in a passing situation. So you can look at the defense and criticize it, but to me, that's more of a the, the talent gap, especially up, up front, is so wide that you're asking the back seven with injuries to be perfect. And I don't think they're capable of being that yet. So here's what's crazy. So the Bears take on the Denver Broncos on Sunday. And the Broncos got, I mean, got the break speed off of them. 70-20 against Miami. Miami is a prolific offense. And they did this without Jalen Waddle, which is amazing, right? So 70-20. Yes. to 20. But yet the, the Broncos are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the crib against the uh, Chicago Bears. The, so meaning that the Broncos will be here at Soldier Field, but yet the Broncos are the favorite. Now, this is the same Denver Broncos team, by the way, that is opponents are averaging 7.2 yards per play against the Broncos. The Denver Broncos have allowed 122 points in three games. Okay, so it's been a disaster for Sean Payton. Now, here's the thing. You would think this is a winnable ball game because you could tell that um, Russell Wilson is going through a change, right? You have a coach that is demanding of, of him and his attention. You know, one thing about Russ Russ is a Super Bowl champion. The guy's going to the Hall of Fame, all that. But there is always this Senator uh, Russell Wilson with him, the handshake, right? The You know, the yeah. pat on the back, all that kind of uh, BS. It doesn't matter as a quarterback. And Peyton was like, hey, man, you're not running for office. You're the quarterback of the football team. So it's different. You can just tell that Russ can't have his way. But it's not working in results. If the Bears lose against the Broncos, I'm not sure where the next win is coming from. Cuzzo, right now, I I would I would bet my money on on the Broncos. Wow, I, I would bet my money on the Broncos as as a bit objectively. Like obviously, I still want the Bears Bears to win, but yes. objectively, I would place my money on the Broncos. I don't see this offense scoring enough points. I don't see our defense being able to stop Denver from scoring points. And I think once the Boo Birds come out at Soldier Field. You're going to see a lot of college kids who have never experienced being booed at home put their head down and tuck their tail because they won't know what's going on. Like you, you heard these kids complaining about, like, oh, why are they booing? And and part of that is ignorance, but too also part of that is 
These kids are fresh from high school, fresh from college. They haven't experienced NFL life where fans are demanding. Mm -hmm. So they're looking like, hold on. When I played at college, we could be losing by 30, and our fans are still cheering from us. In high school, you know, fans are always cheering. And now it gets to, to the pros, and we don't do well, and they're booing us. Yes, because expectations are different at this level. So I think when you start hearing the boo birds, you start hearing the sell the team, you start hearing fans butcher Beijing name, asking for him to come in the game, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you're this team is going to have an issue. So, like, and, and I, when I look at it now, it's like, hey, if you want to suck, suck all the way. Let's get this first pick. Let's, let's, let's no. get the, the Caleb Williams, Drake May, into the Caleb Williams, Drake May sweet stakes. Hopefully you can, you can stack him with a Marvin Harrison Jr. or, no. or Bowers, something along those lines. So give, give a kid a fresh start. No, no, you're losing oxygen in that bag because you can't. You, you, we're supposed to be looking for wins here. Like that, that's the thing. Like Justin Fields has to develop, and if he can't, then you have to move on. But the point is, though, is that on three, I know that you're not a playoff team. Hell, that's why I said when the season started that the Bears were not going to be a playoff team because, as you mentioned earlier, Ryan Poles is still adding on to this team. They cannot fix everything after a three-win season. You just you can't. It's impossible for you to be able to say next man up or we're going to plug uh, and play uh, rookies and veterans and throw money at the situation and think that you can compete in the NFC North or the NFC, uh, you know, let alone. So you can fix everything, but it can't look like this. I mean, you're, you're 0-3. And then on top of that, if you already are waving the white flag saying it's time to look at the draft, then that's a problem because, again, when you are looking at the draft now, and we're not even in October, the question still stands for me. If there is going to be a new quarterback in place, if there's going to be a new play design, who's going to coach the next Caleb Williams? Who's right. going to coach the next uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.? Who's going, to, uh, who's going to coach Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, if the, if the Bears get a number one pick or the first two picks early in the draft? Who's going to coach him? That, that's the whole thing. That means another regime. That means someone else that's going to be in place. Now, should even Flus be fired? There's no question. You can't keep losing like this. The Bears, for those that are listening and watching that don't know, the Bears have not won a football game since late October of last year. So yes. they just keep losing. And so you just can't keep going like this. Now, you can just play out the string and say, you know, forget it. We'll just wait for the next head coach. But this is not working at this point in time. It's a time and transition, but the transition should not look this bad, right? You should win – one of the first three games of the season, and the Bears have not. If they lose against Denver, and again, it, I, I accentuate the point that the Bears are the underdog at home against a team that got beat by 50. That shows you how bad the Bears are. And I, I just double-checked it again. Yeah, Denver three and a half over under 46 uh, at Soldier Field. Uh, that's bad. That shows you're not going in the right direction. So the idea that we're rolling it up now just waiting for the draft, like, I don't want that for this this Bears team, but this is where they're headed, so I get it. So right now, based on those odds, the Bears have a 60% chance of losing. That's correct. At, at home, to your point, it's a team who just lost by 50 points. So if they don't win against Denver, you have the commanders coming up on a short week. Yep. But Ron Rivera usually finds a way into the playoffs when his job is on the line. Yeah, so, it's against the Bears, too. You think Chico yeah. will be ready for that game? Yeah, of course he will. Yeah. So I would expect 
him to win that game. As I told you before, I think last week we talked. There's a chance the Bears may not win a game until November 9th when they play the Panthers. There's a chance there's a chance they may not win one game until they play the Panthers on November 9th. That is that's bad. That's bad. And also, I mean, obviously that means you're you're gonna be in the market for a new coach next year. But here's the truth. Like I think the job is more attractive because not only do you have young talent on the roster now as opposed to before when you you were you were old and talentless, you were in, in cap hell, you had no draft capital at all. You know, so now Poles has in 18 months rebuilt the roster. You have some young talent. Uh you have cap salary cap space. Yeah. And you have a shitload of draft capital going forward. So if I am a young coach looking for an opportunity, there's no place I would rather be than the Bears. So I think the job is attractive. But, you know, once you lose out until November, your coach is gone. And he knows that. Like, listening to Hood, you should ask him, like, is Mama Bear paying the the phone bills over at Hallis Hall? Because every time you every time you ask a question that's even remotely tough, he has phone issues. Oh, are you there? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, about that question, um, you know. So, like, you can tell he feels the pressure. He clearly feels the pressure, and it looks like the pressure is getting to him. If you watch, listen to him in comparison to doing the preseason or last year, yeah, he looks like a guy who recognizes his time is coming to an end. If I'm a player, that's not a leader I want to have. Because if you're telling me, you know, I'm in the trenches, you're telling me to dig deeper, dig deeper, focus, do all these things, and now you're feeling some heat, and you're showing it by your words, by your your look, and even by your actions, that you can't handle the pressure. That doesn't inspire me at all. It's not Mark Tressman level bad, yeah. but if I'm a player and I'm listening and watching my coach, I'm not inspired. I know that he knows that his time is coming to an end. It's it's bad, Cuzzo. And, you know, you, you if you ask me who runs the football best on this football team, I would tell you Matt Eberflus because no one dodges it and moves around in the pocket like Matty Lafleur <laughs> every Monday at eight thirty. I mean, seriously, honest to God, I, I mean, I, it's a. I appreciate that he spends time with us on on ESPN Chicago every Monday morning, but he has no answers. I mean, no. we're asking him all the questions. I, I feel like when when we interview Matty Lafleur, and I did it solo uh, this past Monday because my partner was off for Yom Kippur. I just think that. Um, I think that we're asking the questions that the audience wants to know, right? The, the same questions and comments that come in like, okay, well, I'll write it down. And I, I write down all week, all the comments that people make. And then I ask that question about the game and just about scenarios. And so he's not, he's not really into answering my questions or the audience's questions. He's just trying to be positive. He talks about like the three splash plays that the bears made two in garbage time, you know, and, and, I think they're pretty much all in garbage time. Everything was in the fourth quarter. So he has, he's got nothing to hang his hat on. It's bad. It, it's really bad. So we'll see what happens with this Bears team as they lose 
against Kansas City, a game they were going to lose, um, but just the way they get lost and just everything that's been going on at House Hall from Nathan Peterman being cut and brought back the same day, Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator. We still don't know what's going on with Alan Williams. We just know it was inappropriate. I don't know what that means. I've called around. We still don't know what's going on with Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator. I ain't trying to get sued, so I'm not going to guess uh, about what's going on there. So we'll leave that alone. But it's just, uh, it's a mess up there. So, all right, you've had the bag on for 28 minutes. You can take it off now because I want to ask you about Coach Brown. You don't have to be embarrassed anymore as a Bears fan. We can ask non-Bears questions now. Now you can. <laughs> Cuzzo's had the bag on his head the entire time because he's embarrassed as a Bears yes. fan. Okay, so I'll, so I won't let you keep the bag on all day because I'll move on to something else that's interesting uh, that to us. And that is uh, Colorado and Coach Prime. So watching the game on Saturday, I knew that Colorado would be outmatched. Oregon is just an amazing football team from top to bottom. I mean, I knew that going into Oregon, Colorado would have a hard time because it just was going to happen. Like, they were going to lose a game, and then they play USC coming up this Saturday. Also a tough game in Boulder because USC is just that good. But I, I think um, – I find it interesting the comments from Dan Lanning, the head coach for, um, uh, for the um, the ball club that Colorado took on uh, last week, Oregon. I just thought it was interesting because to me it was kind of like, okay, he's got this pep talk trying to get his team inspired. You know that Colorado's going to get spanked, but I find it interesting that he talks about be- that team being flashy, talking about Colorado being flashy. <laughs> Uh, Oregon has 7,355 different uniforms. Right. Uh, are they flashy uh, with, with their uniforms? I just thought that the whole thing that went viral with Dan Lanning going after Colorado was interesting because it caused uh, quite a buzz uh, on social media. So I think there were a few things going on. I think obviously one, he was trying to, he was trying to motivate his squad before, before a game. I think there was some dog whistling that was going on. Uh, I think the dog whistling was for, you know, the the old heads, the coaches, the fans, and even even families who they're recruiting, you know, because you you want to kind of stem the tide of what Dion is putting together. You have young kids who see his program, see the energy he's bringing to the community, and they want to play for playing a program like that. Yeah. So. When you when you see that, you got these guys. They're afraid. They're afraid of what's coming. What's coming next? So, Dion is competing in spite of on a program who was just well one eleven last year. Yeah, they've tripled their win total already. So, and he's bringing so much energy to the community. They're going to have the nil money because ninety ninety million dollars already. He's brought in. Yeah. So you these coaches see what's coming next. So you're going to have the dog whistling. You're going to have all of these things to try to stop the momentum that he's building. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, you may get these wins this year. You know, USC may beat them the same way this weekend. But the future is bright. And he knows that they know it. You know, so that wave is coming, you know, won't be stopped by these dog whistles or anything else. I, I, yeah, as I watched the game, I said, okay, I know that this is going to happen. They play 
uh, USC coming up on Saturday, then at Arizona State, then Stanford on the 13th of October, right into the US, UCLA game on the 28th of October. My point is, though, is that Coach Prime is bringing some excitement into college football. It wasn't saying that college football is not ex- uh, exciting because I love college football. I love my college football Saturdays. But the point is, he's bringing something different. Yes, he was able to switch out a lot of those players, some of those legacy players, and say, you know what, I'm bringing my guys in. And he has every right to do that because, I mean, there's a portal system for everybody. Players can play anywhere now because of the portal system. But I I just think um, for some, this was a win for college football, as if saying, oh, you know, Deion gets beat, so now that's great for college football because it keeps him quiet. You're not going to – that's the thing about Deion Sanders. He's not going to be quiet. He's going to do everything loud and black. And, and bodacious, and he's going to do these things, you know, with a ruthless aggression. He's saying, you know, when, it's not that we're coming, we're here. That's good for college football, you know. And again, other college coaches have said, you know, win one for the Gipper, win one for the, your community, all that stuff. Deion Sanders is like, win one for all of us. Let's be able to walk with swagger. And again, along with that, you're going to get punched in the mouth. But it's not, this won't silence Deion Sanders. And, and then for those that, that hate this, then you don't understand college football because there's been plenty of teams that have just whooped on other teams and have bragged about it and loud about it. No, there's nothing to be said there because that's just good old college football. Dion does it mm, a little bit too brash for some people. Not for me because it brings another element to college football, and I think that's great. I think it's great for the sport. He's he's prime time for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like he he has risen to the occasion his entire career whether it's as, as a football player, as a baseball player, and now as a coach. So to expect him to fail at this point, you know, it's probably – you're probably making a bad bet because he's proven time and time again that, yes, I'm loud. You know, yes, I love the spotlight. I also deliver. I deliver. Yeah. This is why they call me prime time. Because I'm box office. When when it matters, I show up. You know, he's out there with eight toes down and and still it's still producing. Still producing. I don't think that's right. I don't think you should talk about that man losing a couple of toes. Still producing. Still producing. So like I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against him. I would you may not like the way he does things, uh-huh. but I wouldn't bet against that man at all because he's proven he's going, he's a winner at everything he's done. Yeah. He's won it. So feel, I mean, all the old heads can go out there. They can bet against them. You know, they can say, you know, this is the way it should be done. This is the way we've done it for however many years. Things change. And he's bringing that change right now. He's bringing that flair. He's bringing prime time to college football, and it's going to be—it's going to be great for the for for all schools. But he's going to win and have success by doing it. I, I don't think you should talk about that man's toes. I don't think that was right. Uh, I don't think that that's right. Uh, he gets half off, you know, when he gets his uh, nails and feet done. So I think that's great. Uh, there's a discount there. <laughs> the lady there with the files, like, oh yeah, just keep moving. Let's go to the right. next one. Um, so I don't think that's right, but other nonetheless, um, that loss was good for the program. Yeah. I know that sounds strange, but that just shows you like, that's the level it shows the coaching staff, but it shows the players, like that's the level that you got to play at. Now, that's, 
And they or were shorthanded too. USC, a whole different level, Cuzzo. They were shorthanded. Like, like I'm not saying they would have won if they were at full strength, but they were also shorthanded. Yeah. You're missing arguably their best player. So you have to factor that into it as, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if Caleb Williams misses next game, you know, I'm sure USC, you know, won't do as well. So when Colorado is missing their best player, you know, to expect the same level of production, you know, I don't think it's reasonable. But, like, they're not in this, he wasn't in the excuse business. He said he, he owned what it was. They got their ass whooped. You know, it was a good old-fashioned ass whooping. But as he said, you know, those experiences are, you know, they're coming to an end real soon. They're coming to an end real soon. Um, lastly, Kelso, I want to talk a little bit about the um, the issues with Chicago sports right now because we just went over the Bears. You don't need the bag. I'll just briefly mention uh, the Chicago Bears being 0-3, having won since last October. And, you know, if I'm Caleb Williams, I have a choice. Maybe the Bears might have the number one pick again or go back to USC and, and get paid. Eh. I mean, Southern California and having a, a – Iron Gate in front of you as an offensive line and weapons that you can throw to and the opportunity to win a national championship. Yeah, I know the Super Bowl is everything, but boy, that seems like a long uphill climb. If I'm Caleb Williams, I might consider staying in college. Who knows? But the Bears are in a bad spot. The Bulls season right around the corner. I cannot wait to chop it up with you and talk about the Bulls pretty soon here because October's here, pretty pretty damn close, and we'll be talking about the Bulls. That's not going in the right direction. That feels, again, mediocre because they did not make – uh, change. It's the same group that's coming back again with Levine and DeRozan um, and so, and, and uh, Vucevic. So it feels the same. Uh, and then no Lonzo Ball. Uh, so the Cubs have an chop- uh, opportunity to get to the playoffs here. They have a big series this week against Atlanta. Uh, again, a measuring stick contest. How big is yours? How big is Atlanta's? You're going to find out how big is yours in this spot, right? The White Sox, uh, with their um, dollar tickets and free parking on Thursday, cousin, we should consider it. That's pretty yes. good. Yes. They weren't so bad. <laughs> so like you know the expression, like I wouldn't even go across the street to see something such, such. I mean, <laughs> that's where I am as a White Sox fan. I wouldn't go across the street to see nothing. That's how bad it is. The Blackhawks are rebuilding. The Sky are rebuilding. So I don't know where the championship is coming from. And the Sky actually were in the playoffs. Uh, a few weeks ago, no one knew about that because they've been so bad. But somehow, they, I was like, I was reading the headlines. I'm like, oh, the Sky are in the playoffs. Oh, when they got so beat by Las Vegas, they're not even close to being the team they were even two years ago. So, where's the next championship coming from? I don't know. And if I'm if I'm if I'm looking at every team, it's easy to say the Cubs because they're at least close to making the playoffs. I don't think it's really them though, because they still have so many holes to fill. And there were some things you, you, you caught lightning in a bottle in some ways this year that I don't think you can duplicate going forward. If, if I'm being honest, as, as I won't put the bag on, but oh, no. I think I think based on like the building process, the Bears are probably closer. Granted, in baseball, if you get in, as we saw in 05, mm-hmm. if you get in, you get a ticket to the game, stick it to the dance, you have a chance of winning. So you can have the Sox get a ticket, you can have the Cubs get a ticket, and possibly, you know, still one. But the Bulls are, are not close. The Bulls are not close. Like, there's nothing you can do right now to make them close. 
the the Hawks are probably four or five years away in in the rebuilding process. The 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 White Sox are unless Uncle Jerry spends money this offseason, they're probably going to be about at least five years away from doing anything to compete. The Cubs are at the door, but I don't know if they really have the talent, you know, to, you know, to get across the finish line. And then you have, you have the sky, uh, who you said, you know, like they're obviously in the rebuilding process. So I don't, I look at and say the bears probably because at least you can see, yeah, like you're going to get two picks in the top 10, probably top five this year, but definitely in the top 10. Sure. Like, that's a found. Those should be foundational pieces. Those should be foundational pieces to help you build for the future. And if you land a stud quarterback, a stud wide receiver, or, or tight end, that takes your organization to the next level. Now you can pretty much put anything around those guys, and you're going to compete because you have the quarterback in place. Right now, I can't. The Bulls don't have a superstar. They do not, no. And the the Cubs, what is Justin Justin Steele is the is a superstar? Can he can no, they're, can he they're repeat doing, that next season? Or yeah. is he or, or is he Dylan Cease? No, you know, it's funny about the Cubs because the Cubs are doing this with a little cunning and guile, a little magic, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, but it doesn't make them bad. It makes no. it seem like it's so what I think is that they're a year early. Because I didn't think they were a playoff team this year. I told uh, Cap, I said, this team is not a playoff team. Wait until next year. You spend more money. It will solidify your spot in the playoffs by adding a little more in your pitching, right? And But but this team is a little charmed. It doesn't mean that there's, they're bad or they're lucky. I'm saying they're charmed in that, okay, here's, this, here's Dansby Swanson. Here's Cody Bellinger on a prove-it deal, right? You got some magic from Stroman, then he got hurt, and now he's coming out of the bullpen. Like So they've had some... They've had some odd spots where it's like, wait, is that Jan Gomes coming through with well, like a with an RBI base? Like, wow, like uh, so that's what I mean, like unsung heroes, right? Kind of like 05 in that regard, like a little bit of magic. Now, is it sustainable? Probably not because of the pitching, but they're on the right track, though. If nothing else, they're on the right track because you can see it. It's like, will they sign Bellinger? Will they have the because the world's his oyster now because he's proven he can stay healthy and that he can be able to be a catalyst for your team. But then you get like, you know, um, uh, Christopher Morrell, dudes like that just coming out of nowhere, like, you know, you know Master Boney, you know, running the bases. Well, just things like that. Right. So I just think that they're on the right track, even if they are fall short in the playoffs, because I think that they are on their way. Spend some more money, get your pitching right. And all of a sudden, look out like now it's a team that could be a perennial playoff team. And that and by the way, that's who the Cubs have been for quite some time here since the championship. Yeah. Always in the mix outside of a year or two, maybe one year, but they're always over 500, if nothing else. Yeah. I think if you're looking at an organization who has sort of had some sustained success, even though we, I would argue that they failed after winning the World Series because you built, uh, you built a, your organization, you put your organization in place where you're supposed to have sustained success. And mm -hmm. every, player that you thought would be a star ended up sucking. Fortunately, you didn't you didn't retain them. 
for the guy who you let walk away for $10 million because the $10 million in Schwarber was really the only guy who's still been a quality major league player since he's left the team. So there was no sustained success. Granted, you may have been over 500, you know, and I guess as a fan and you're, when you get to August and September, you still believe I have a shot because my team is, is in the hunt. But I think we knew those were not world series teams. We saw the fall off from the start, the star players, the MVP players. And, and now I think you're catching lightning in a bottle. And I'm hoping you don't overreact to some of that and, and reward guys with long-term contracts who shouldn't be on anything except a short, a short-term deal. Like, yeah, you, you had success. You, you did well in this, in this, in this season, this proven season, but do I want to give you $200 million, you know, to come back and do it again? Right. And so, question. So I guess uh, so. I was trying to do go off the of memory, and of course, that always fails me. Um, so, sixteen a World Series championship, seventeen go to the playoffs, um, losing the NLCS, losing a wild card after that, then twenty nineteen, eighty four and seventy eight, no playoffs, lost in the wild card in twenty twenty in the short season, the pandemic yeah. season. Yeah, and then twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. 71 and 91, 74 and 88, so no playoffs and under 500, those back-to-back years, and now they're 82 and 74. So the previous and two years, under 500. You forgot about 15. You forgot about oh, 15. I, I mean, lost the, yeah, lost in the wild card. Uh, lost in the net, NLCS. Yeah. So this, yep. And then they won the World Series after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they had a great run. Yeah. Uh, so, but the years before that, 74 and 88 and 71 and 91, uh, leading into where they are right now at 82 and 74 as we record this. So, you know, that's that's what I'm looking at. Like, Ross has been there. This is his fourth year as a manager, underwhelming uh, for a couple of years, and now they're trying to get into the playoff push. So, I, you, you say Bears. I think that it's the Cubs. I think that they'll spend enough money to be able to get themselves in the race. With the Bears, It's it feels like, Eberflus could be fired at some point, and then you got to figure out who the quarterback is. So that, to me, that puts you behind. And here's how I know: I watch Carolina and Houston in the NFL. Like they're still trying; they're trying to dig themselves from the bottom and get themselves into a contender again, uh, and just be a playoff team. It's just to me is I would love not to live in Boston, but the idea of being able to be a Boston sports fan just yes. for a year. Yes, your, your Bruins are solid. Your Red Sox are good. The Patriots when they were winning, the Revolution Soccer people are into that as well. Um, Your Celtics and the Celtics were always playoff bound. That's when you have five teams in particular that were getting it done, kicking ass. And I would just love that for Chicago, just one time for us, for me to do this as a talk show host, be like, the Bulls are great, and the Hawks are great, and the Cubs and Sox are great, and the Bears are great, all at the same time. We had that in twenty twenty. Was that 2021? Yeah, we had that. We had the the Cubs and Sox make the playoffs. Not the, 2021. No, the the Cubs were 71 and 91 in 2021. So it was 2020. Cubs and Sox made the playoffs. The I think the Bears made the playoffs. Uh, they lost to New Orleans, and then you had the Bulls, who I believe took off with the acquisition of of Ball. Um, 
uh where's where's my throwback uh DeRozan yeah and and those guys they were like the best team in the league until Lonzo Ball blew his knee out yeah that's not close enough <laughs> there's no championships there there's no the sky no won though this, we got one from the sky I think around that time too so we, we there was no championship I think the sky game was one so that was that's that was it that was close like that was probably it was just, it was a obviously a COVID year but that was probably the best sports year I can remember even though like the major teams didn't win a championship since like the Bulls and the Blackhawks were in the finals in, I think, 92. You know, obviously the Bulls won and Hawks didn't. But, like, if I'm remembering, like, I can't remember a time where I was like, oh, we can win multiple championships this year. Like, that was that was it. No, not the case. Yes, the Sky Championship. Shout out to Candace Parker. Oh. <laughs> All right, we move on now. A professional segue. <laughs> I enjoyed the team, but I enjoyed Candace Parker being in Chicago as well. I, I love interviewing her. Top she, show. Oh, she's a great interview. Um, you know, obviously the basketball knowledge is there. Hall of Famer. Just for her to come to the crib just to stop by and give us a championship was yeah. nice. Yeah. I wish she would have stopped by. Um, yeah. Great championship, though. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Not Great championship. Career. I'm talking about in Chicago, cuz. Oh, oh, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, in Chicago. Yes, what are your championship yeah. in Chicago? You know yeah. what I mean by that. Yes. Jeez. Yeah. Get your head out of the gutter. He, he's available, ladies. Just so you know, if you look like Candace Parker, just stop by his crib. He'll be glad to stop to have you in. All right, let's take a look at the comments here before we go. And we got to say hello to Rocky because we have not talked to Rocky. He's been listening patiently at our podcast here. All right, let's see what we have here. Um, McMuffin says that I uh, can I borrow that bag for Sunday just in case. Because uh, yeah. I was war- wearing a, a bag over his head because he's embarrassed to be a Bears fan. Um, <laughs> Lucky left uh, Lucky podcast. I think that's that's Sean Davis says that because he got that bag on. Yeah, yeah, he's got his he got the bag on. I have to have the bag on because he's embarrassed. Embarrassed as a Bears fan. I totally understand that. Uh, Joseph Scalzo says that Justin, I believe he's talking about Justin. Justin is scared to throw the ball. Something is in his head. Uh, no, it's, it's not that he's scared to throw the football. That's incorrect. I don't believe he's scared to throw the football. I think the problem is, is that he's waiting for some perfect play when he holds the ball for five seconds. And it's like, there are dudes all over the field that's open. DJ Moore's like clapping his hands 15 yards down the field. You can see it on the film. Like, I wish I was just making a joke. It's not a joke, though. He's actually clapping his hands. Like, Cole Komet's like, I just, I, I ran my route. I turned. I'm here. Where are you? Right? So that's all that. And also the timing of the play from Getsy to Fields to the weapons. There's a huge disconnect. It's not that he's scared to throw the football. That's not right. But at the same time, if you're not going to throw it, you need to run. You need to get that first down. Like, it's easy to say Luke Getze is the problem. Okay, well, I think that could be. I think he's part of the problem, no doubt. But then the idea that if you have the ability to be able to audible out, because you got to be able to – it's your life. It's your career. You just can't just get back there and just be killed. You can't do that. Um, so, yeah. 
another uh, McMuffin says, I'm hoping that October 1st is a lucky day. I guess he's is that that's the uh, Bears game against Denver, right? Uh, oh, there it is. Eric Collins says, he says, where's the pooch? And there it is. There's there's Rocky. Everyone's wondering on YouTube, where's Rocky? There it is. Rocky, the third member of our broadcast here. Rocky, good day to you. Your thoughts on the Bears, Rocky. Go ahead. Why does Rocky have any thoughts? He just wants to be seen. Like, he wants a high five, but then there's no no opinion. Where's the opinion from Rocky? It's an opinion show. Here's... <laughs> You're gonna have Pete on you. You can't put that bag on that dog's head. <laughs> there's gonna be a there's gonna be a slow music uh, theme that's gonna be playing on this show in a second. Right, right. Your sit, dog. Sit, 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 sit. Anyway. Does Rocky have any thoughts about the Bears? None. He he wants to win. He wants to win on Sunday. Rocky, the third person on this uh, broadcast, not happy about the Bears at this point in time. All right, don't forget we got our merchandise. It's available now. The Under the Hood uh, with John the Hood merchandise. We got to get some for dogs too. Absolutely. What, what would a, what would a dog for our Under the Hood podcast have? Like a, a, a collar, Under the Hood collar. Okay. So Under the Hood with John the Hood collar. Yep. With... Or chew toy. Yes. Okay. Chew toy sounds good. A collar. I, I'm not sure. Does Rocky have a collar? I don't. I think that dog's. He doesn't. He doesn't like. He doesn't use one. (laughs) He doesn't use one. So yeah, it works out. Rocky listens. Rocky continues to move his head like Stevie Wonder. It's amazing how he does that. Just from side to side, just looking for anybody. Sit, 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 sit. Why does he move his head like like Stevie Wonder, Rocky? I don't understand. It's playtime to him. Is, Is is it? Yeah. As as we go, the story of Stevie Wonder. There's Shaquille O'Neal, and he gets on the <laughs> elevator, doesn't say anything because he sees Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and then Sha- Shaq leaves the elevator, and Stevie says, "All right, Shaq, have a good day." How does Stevie Wonder see Shaq? And then the door right. closes. Right. All of a sudden, the door closes. <laughs> like, wait a minute. So you didn't tell me Shaq sneaks on the elevator. Oh, Stevie Wonder, I'm not going to say anything. He leaves the elevator, and Stevie says, "All right, Shaq, have a good day." And then the door closes. Can Stevie Wonder really see? That's what we've been finding out, it looks like. Maybe he can. Maybe it's just not well. Maybe he's not completely blind. Maybe it's just, you know, there's there's some light that's still making it in. I think it's a gimmick. I think he can see the entire time. That's what I believe, Steve Wonder. Steve Wonder can be able to see. That's what I'm It's saying. a bit. By the way, Puzzle, did I tell you, next week, I think it's next week, I'm uh, – Peacock and I are going to see Chappelle. Okay. At the United Center. You know he's in town, right? Yes. He's in town. Can I just tell you something? Chappelle better be good. Yes. Because I've heard some some my friends in Miami and some of these other markets where uh Chappelle just kind of gives a like a little rant about what's going on in our world. Yeah. 20 minutes and leaves and and is late for an hour, you know, late two hours. Gets on stage, smokes a little bit for 15 minutes and leaves. Because of yeah, he's at the United Center. I think he's going to be sold out. Oh, yeah. It better be an hour plus show. I'm he won't make you. it back to Ohio if he does that. Like, Chicago won't play. Like, you won't make it back to Ohio if you come out and talk for 20 minutes and decide to leave. Maybe that works in California. Maybe that works in, you know, middle of the country, nowhere. 
Right. But you can't come to Chicago and talk for 20 minutes and leave, you know, and expect, you know, fans to cheer. No, they'll be rushing the stage, looking, coming after you, and they won't miss, you uh-huh. know. So, yeah, yeah he's going to have to give something more than just 20 minutes and, you know, complaining about transgender people or whatever other political issues that he has, you know, that he thinks of. But, yeah, like, that can't happen. Not it better be. It, it can't be just, like, in and out because uh, I could not get floor seats. I mean, they went fast, so I'm up there. You know, where I saw Bulls games and the nosebleeds, we could smell the weed. Nice. Right. Ah, the wafting weed, the smell of the weed wafting in the air, like you did at, at Bulls games or Hawks games. That's where we're sitting. So it, it better be right. It's the first time I'm seeing Chappelle live. It better be good. Like I yeah. expect his material to be good, but it can't be like quick. Right. I agree. It yeah, it can't be. If if you all lock my phone up, it's <laughs> like. You know, take my phone and lock it up because that happens to somebody's. It happened to me with Chris Rock uh, at Chicago Theater. Yeah, like, they lock your phone. Like if they lock my phone, and you only gonna be up there for a little bit, just giving your thoughts and not making anybody laugh. Yeah, not gonna work. I agree. I agree. Give me a show like Ricky Smiley gave me. Ricky Smiley at the at the Horseshoe, like uh, almost two hours. Good stuff. Yeah. I was I was surprised. Good stuff. You go to a comedy show, you want to have a good time. Just like this good time here at Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood and Cousin Wiley's with us and Ro- and Rocky as well. It's playtime for Rocky, and so hopefully we'll see a win. Next week we'll talk about a winning football team that the Bears will beat the Denver Broncos. Because if it doesn't. One and three, we're hoping. If it doesn't, that's going to be a problem. It is. It is. I may need two bags. <laughs> gonna have two, then I'll wear a bag. I'll find a bag around here. It'll be Aldi because I'm cheap, you know. So for for Cousin Wiley, this is Jay Hood. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. And don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hit that subscribe button. Also on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for uh, Jay Hood Media, and we'll talk to you next week. For Rocky and Wiley, I'm Jay Hood. So long, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, Rocky. <laughs> You're just looking for anybody. Looking for anybody. <laughs>